Hello, and welcome to the Dental Marketing Mastery Series. This podcast is brought to you by New Patients Incorporated. I'm Howie Horrocks, the founder of New Patients Incorporated, and along with me once again is my friend and partner and the Chief Executive Officer of New Patients Incorporated, Mark Dilatush. Hello, everybody. This is not Howie Horrocks. Howie Horrocks did the snappy intro for us. Howie's not here today. He's somewhere in the heat of Las Vegas, probably near a golf ball and a snake. Those two things together. I am joined today by senior advisor at NPI, Lee Buzard. Hi, Lee. Hello, Mark. How are you? Good, 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 good. You live in Arizona, so you're used to heat, golf balls, and snakes. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, that's it. So normally we'll, we would start out with what the heck we're going to talk about, but we're going to talk about a lot of things today. Lee is probably, if you were to... If you were to say, hey, who could I go to for the most up-to-date pulse of what's going on in many dental practices as that relates to dental marketing? What are dentists wanting? What are they complaining about? Uh, what are they excited about? You know, What interests them? All that stuff. What are they going through? From a practice standpoint, even sometimes a personal standpoint, you know, Lee, Lee is probably your frontline scout. Like he, he's the guy with the binoculars and he basically sees and hears everything that's going on on a, on a continual basis. So the purpose of our, our podcast today is something that has hit Lee's desk multiple times in the last few months of us coming out of COVID. And that would be what, Lee? Why don't you tell everybody what we're going to talk about today? Absolutely. Thank you, Mark. So one of the things that has been coming across my desk, as you said, is consolidation of practices, new ownership of practices. And when I'm meeting with this individual, this doc who's attained a new practice, one of the things that we're looking at is what is the marketing? What what marketing has been happening in the practice previously? How do we measure what's happened, the ROI with this? And where should we move forward? Okay. So, and, and you can acquire basically any style of practice. You can acquire an insurance-based or Medicaid slash insurance-based practice. You can acquire, oh, 50-50 insurance and fee-for-service, and you can acquire a fee-for-service practice, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And so this analysis of the current status, are you saying that dentists are reaching out to you before they acquire, or are most of them reaching out to you after they acquire? And as a follow-up question, I know this sounds like an interrogation. What would you prefer they do? Would you prefer that they reach out to you before they sign on the dotted line or after? So great question. Uh, it's about 50 per, 50%, you know, before purchase or after purchase. I would prefer that they reach out before they sign the dotted line because there's so many things that are involved in purchasing a practice. I've been involved with that myself personally. You know, I'm not a dentist. I don't play one on TV, but I've owned practices. Right. And so with that said, I would always want them to reach out to me before they sign the dotted line because there's things that need to be put in place. There's things in that negotiation of the contract on the marketing side, for example, ownership of the URL, the web address, the website. Yeah. You know, such an important thing that can be overlooked that has huge, huge value, especially if it's an established practice that's been around 10, 15, 20 years. That website, that URL's got legs. You know, it's got a lot of legs to it. Yeah, the Google business listing, too. We actually ran into one of those um, <clears throat> arguments the other day. Yeah. So the selling doc said, no, that's mine. Right. That's where all the reviews were. 
So yeah, yeah. So so you definitely want those things. I mean, yes, absolutely. You know, it, it's a soft asset, if you will. You know, it's not physical. You know, some banks would even consider it goodwill, like the the value of a patient chart. But but it has true value. So so to answer your question, hundred percent, I would prefer they reach out to me beforehand. But, you know, it's about 50-50. Yeah, I've been through a, a few of these conversations myself over the years. And, and the dentists who are buying also many times are reaching out to us trying to figure out, okay, what's it going to cost to acquire a patient in this market? Absolutely. Because they got to go get lending from somebody. Mm-hmm. Not everybody has an Uncle Larry, right? <laughs> right? So the, the bank wants to know what number to put in that spot on the form, on the application, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, and, and a lot of the a lot of that cost of acquisition is going to be determined by the style of practice that you're acquiring. If you're acquiring a full 100% insurance-based practice, cost of acquisition is basically what the write-off amount is. <laughs> there you right. go. There's yeah. your cost of acquisition, you know, quarter million a year. But you don't mm-hmm. have to put it on the form because you're not going to spend any money on marketing unless you change uh, the direction of the practice, right? Right. And, if and it's fee-for-service, then the cost of acquisition's not going to be anywhere near a quarter of a million dollars like it is with an insurance-based practice, but there it needs to be accounted for, right? Indeed, indeed. And and that's where the conversation starts to, to, to form when someone has purchased a practice or getting ready to, to purchase practice. And I start having that conversation about how are, you, how are we going to promote this practice? And so we, we start looking at things of, let's, let's call it ROI with the marketing that's been in place. What is working? What is not working? And then let's figure out why. And, and as we dig into the why, many times that we're looking at the targeting, you know, what type of target are we searching for? Are we, are we you know, just looking for anybody that'll answer our call, um, you know, be it digital or print? Or are we looking for a certain income or credit level? What is the message that we're representing to the public? You know, if, if we purchase a fee-for-service practice, we definitely don't want to start messaging out a deal and offer driven campaign, right? Right. And Mm -hmm. if it's a fee for service practice and we've purchased this practice recently and we see that the marketing that the previous doc has been doing has a lot of offer driven things, well, that that's something that we need to, to address immediately. And we will be able to increase the RRI, we'll be able to increase the the results of that campaign. Does that make sense? Makes sense. Yeah. One challenge I know we have not with our clients, thankfully, but not every dentist is our client. So I mean, we measure everything. So it's really easy for one of our clients to go, okay, well, here's how many calls, here's how many new patients, here's the outcome and move on with their life. Unfortunately, for the, the prospective new client, that's not the case. So, and, and it's very difficult for an existing dental practice to actually get their hands on real data. They rely on things like what their patient says was the source of their new right. patient, right? And that's like 90% wrong, right? So, it's very difficult to get our hands on real data to help make, help a, a Uh, someone who's purchasing a practice, help them make decisions. So one of the things would be hoping that they can get into that practice management software, Mm -hmm. even if it's just numbers of new patients year over year, just anything to start with, right? Mm -hmm. Even if it's just, you know, referral source report for the last year compared to to the the year before, even if it's just basic stuff, when you're doing your due diligence on a purchase, that information can be incredibly valuable to us 
as we make our recommendation list, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, because we, we can see where the patients are coming from either ge- geographically or right. or we can dig even further in to see, you know, what are they? Are they just uh, new patient exams and, and in and out or, or or is it something beyond that? You know, right. what, what what's happening? So digging into the data is always good. And a, you have to have a starting point, right? No matter where you are. So you have to have a starting point. Yeah. Um, the referral percentage, I'm trying to think back to remember when, I think it was probably about four or five months ago when a doctor called in, just kind of called in out of the blue. I think I was the last one here, answered the phone. We got into a conversation and he, and he was a young guy, 35-ish maybe. And he was buying a fee-for-service practice in, in what my mind told me was a relatively lucrative market. And um you know, we went through the doctors, you know, 35 years and lived in a town his whole life, went to school there, got married there, had his kids there, and pretty much has been, you know, kind of watching teeth, right, for the last five years of his practice. Right? Yeah. He, you know, and I'm sitting there going, dude, you're sitting on a gold mine. You have no idea what you're sitting on, right? And so th- any information, here's my point, any information that the purchaser can share with us about the target practice they're looking to purchase is incredibly valuable, right? Oh, yeah. The service mix of the dentist that's leaving, there's lots of dentists out there that don't do really anything but fillings and crowns, right? Okay? They don't do any ortho, no endo, no hardy any perio, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if you're interviewing a purchaser who has, who does all those things, what's the value of the purchase then, right? Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, because you're, you're looking at that and, and the community realizes what this practice does. And the doctor's been watching teeth for five years. <laughs> then the community knows that. They know that this is not the place to go for all on four. Right. And so that's where, as marketing experts, we guide our clients and re-educate the community of this is us. This is who we are. Right. And this is what we can do for you. And so that's where you go into targeting. You know, is it your message about cosmetics? Is it about bread and butter? You know, one of the things that I always ask the docs, especially, you know, it blows away the, the new docs that, you know, they're out of school, you know, less than five years, they buy a practice. And one of the questions I ask them, and it just blows them away, is I say, what is your long-term goals are, are for this practice that you've purchased? Is it to fill the schedule? Is it to add an associate? And then something I want to I want you to think about from 25 years down the road here is how do you want to sell? Where do you want to be? What position do you want to be when it's time to sell? And they'll say, Lee, isn't it a little early to talk about you know selling this practice 25 years you know down the road when I just purchased it 90 days ago? And it, and it's like, no. If we set these foundations now, we don't have to correct later. We don't have to. You don't have to be the person that that calls me. 20 years from now and go, I need to boost the practice. I need to get the revenues up. I need you know more fee-for-service patients. I need this, this, and this. So my practice is more attractive to sell. I was like, let's set this up now. Let's prop it up so that we just grow, grow, grow the entire time and make the most successful practice. You enjoy the benefits for the next 20, 25 years. And then when it's time to sell, there's a line waiting to, to purchase your practice. Yes, yeah, reminds me of, yeah, that's a good point. This reminds me of, um, I'm writing another, well, kind of a, I don't know if you're going to call it a guide or not or a book, but in there, I do an analysis, a data analysis of our clients and what they're spending on insurance write-offs multiplied times the average career of a dentist equals this gigantic number. Mm-hmm. And so that goes to your point, the decisions you make at 35, when owning a dental practice 
and how you market, how you target, how you message, how you build, how, how do you grow and what part of the community do you grow your practice around has an incredibly large impact <laughs> on your financial happiness at whatever, 60. Yeah. 65, whatever, whenever you want to retire mm-hmm. back <laughs> on your financial happiness at whatever, 60, 65, whatever, whenever you want to retire. So yeah, asking them now what the exit strategy is or what they want out of the exit when they're 35 is a hundred percent prudent to what marketing plan they start with. Absolutely. It's a hundred percent and it's adaptable. You can change your mind. You know, in, in in the middle of your career, you can say, oh, man, you know, when I was 35, I was just full of pee and vinegar and I, you know, I was going to take over the world. And, you know, now I'm 47. I got a couple of kids. I got to go to soccer games, baseball. Just want to kind of slow down, have a nice five chair practice to myself, kind of pick my days, just work four, three and a half, four days a week, have nice three day weekends, maybe travel a little bit with my wife or my, my husband, my spouse. You can change. You don't have to, (laughs) you don't have to commit to it at 35 and stay committed to it. It's malleable. But I think the point is, is that your marketing firm needs to know these things (laughs) in order to really do the very best job they can possibly do for you and and help guide you through your career and how you grow your practice. They definitely need, they need to know where you want to go. Well, absolutely. And any marketing firm that that you engage and hire, I mean, their thought should be, I'm going to be a part of this team, this dental office team. You know, I'm not on their payroll, but I'm on their team. And I plan on being part of this team for the next 20, 25 years. It's not about just, hey, what can we do to put out this fire to fill the schedule today? Right. You know, is, is that a concern that we have to address? You know, if there's big holes in the schedule, sure, we, we need to address that. But we need to address that intelligently with a long-term plan. So we're not just filling the schedule with junk. We're filling stuff with, you know, production that's going to continue on year after year after year. Yeah, actually, right now is a great case in point is we have probably, I'm going to say, 90% of our own clients are over capacity. They're yeah. booked out two, three, four, five, seven weeks. Yeah. Their hygienist hasn't showed back up yet. <laughs> their <laughs> assistants haven't shown back up yet. And um, we're still their marketing firm. <laughs> like we're not right. going anywhere. Okay, just because you're jammed up to the gills with patients doesn't mean that in three or four months, you know, you're gonna get back down to eight, seven work days and then need more new patients down the road. You will. Yeah, you know, it's absolutely. Just, it's just a matter of time now. So yeah, that's you know what I think, Lee, I think there's a mindset. That marketing, at least among some dentists, that marketing is a a short-term decision to a short-term problem. And marketing is never a short-term problem if it's done properly. It's always a long-term solution that needs to happen. Because unless you're going to give away, unless you're going to do, what was the name of that internet company that did, they took like 50% of your money. Remember, we had all those dentists about three or four years ago. What was the name of that? Groupon. It was Groupon. Groupon, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's it. it. Sorry. I just had a senior moment. (laughs) But anyway, you know, you get these dentists who, you know, hey, Groupon, I got a thousand patients, you know, and it only cost them like. $80,000 $80,000 to treat those thousand patients because they never came back because they were Groupon patients. And then Groupon took the other half of your money. So they were really sad. And it was so th- their mindset, though, was solve a what in their mind, what was a short term problem. Right, right. Well, growing, and, and- growing and managing a dental practice is never a short term 
issue. It's always long-term planning. I've got another example of that, Mark. So, yeah. so I have uh, many times I'll, I'll have a conversation with somebody that has that mindset, fill the schedule, fill the schedule. The schedule's not full. I need it full, 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 full. I know. <laughs> and so, so they, they, they reach out to me and they say, I need it full. And, and it's like, well, okay, let, let's figure out a strategy here. Take a deep breath. And, and they say, I, I want it full. And it's like, so what are you thinking, Doc? And it's like, you know, I see the office down the street. You know, it's capitation. Right. And so, you know, just it is what it is. And so it's all deal driven. And and I've literally had docs say to me, I want to do a $59 new patient exam pro and bite wings. And I know that's going to flood people into hygiene. It's going to fill the hygiene. And then I'm going to get stuff, you know, into my chair out of hygiene. And I say, no. And they go, excuse me. I said, I will not do that for you. And they, and they go, why not? And it's like, well, let's do the math, doc. $59 exam, profen by wings. What do you pay your hygienist? Oh, I pay pay them 35, 40 bucks an hour. Let's match. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah, 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 not now. Okay, so it's 45, 50 now or 50, exactly, 55. Exactly. So, so whatever the money, let's call it $50. So, so they say, okay, 50 bucks. I said, let's match, um, let's put our food of FICA on the, on the back end of that. Now you're at 60, 65. You're paying Shine, Patterson, Darby, whoever, five bucks to flip the room because of all the disposables. You're right. losing like five, seven dollars a patient. I said, you will literally make more money not hiring me, fire your hygienist, turn off the light and walk around the, the city with $5 bills stapled to your business card and hand those out and say, please come see us. I said, you will literally make more net dollars doing that. Then there's this long pause. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> there's exactly. this really long pause and they go, okay, so what should we do? Right. So, so then that's when we go back and we take a deep breath and we say, okay, doc, what are your goals? Is it to fill the schedule, long-term growth? Add an associate. You know, what is your goals? Who do you want to see in an ideal day? What would you like to see on your schedule? Right. And don't tell me full because I don't care how many patients you see in a day. I literally don't care. What I care about is how much you produce. And what you just asked me to do is going to be a negative result. Yeah. It, ultimately, it will. It, short term, it makes them happy like for like 12 days. <laughs> right. And then... And then then we get the call, hey, these people aren't that great. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, we kind of told you that beforehand, right? Yeah, fun, fun stuff. Yeah, fun stuff. So anyway, so you know what, Lee, this is um this is fun. This is this is topical, up to the minute, things you're hearing out in the dental world from real life dentists, their challenges, what's going on, things that other dentists should definitely be aware of. I think we should probably do one of these maybe. Like every, whatever, five or six weeks. Sure. Right? Like front lines with Lee Buzard. Let's right? do it. I can, I can hear the intro music now. <laughs> right? So, yeah, let's do that. Let's, let's plan these out and, um, and then, you know, come up with, you know, the next whatever X number of dentists that you're talking to. Could be customers too. They don't have mm -hmm. to be, they could be clients. They don't have to be, you know, just pros prospective new clients. Mm -hmm. What you're hearing. You know, what their, what their challenges are, uh, what are some of the red flags that you're seeing, uh, some of the mistakes and some of the, the wins. Like, let's right. not make it all about mistakes. Let's, let's throw some wins in there too, right? Yeah. Well, and it's, I'll give you a, just a, a quick win. So I have a, a fairly new client who's been with us a few months and he followed the guidance. We're measuring everything. We're evaluating everything. 
And, and I, and I told him, I said, doc, I need 90 days of faith. Give me 90 days of faith. We have to measure. We got to measure. It's so hard for them to do. It is. It is. It is. I, I, I said, you know, if, if you built this, because this guy bought a practice, you know, existing right. practice. I said, if you built a brand new practice, hung out your shingle, never seen a dentist in the office, you, you were going to have more than 90 days of faith. You're going to have a couple of years of faith, you know? Yeah. And I said, give me 90 days to get this thing going. Give me 90 days to get your, your name out in the public. So, you know, about 90 days later, he goes, I'm starting to see it. I'm starting to see it. It's starting yeah. to happen. It's starting to happen. You know, and we've had to make some adjustments as we go because, you know, adjustments are needed. Right. And so, but the numbers are coming Good. and the long-term results are there. They're, they're already just falling into line. Yep. Yep. It's a balance of volume and quality and then slowly turning the volume up in one area and down in the other area, it will almost always get you where you want to go. Indeed. Well, Lee, thank you so much for all your time. Go back to helping dentists. I will go and um, compile this recording and send it off to our editors and it'll be up on podcast soon. Excellent. See you next time. All right, man. Thanks. We hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. You can get all of our podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, and Libsyn.com and on our website, newpatientsinc.com.